Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm Dee Dee Donahue, turning my phone off. Oh, good call. Uh, You know, I cannot believe that we have not done this episode before. I guess somebody will write in and tell us if we have. I really don't think we have. You know why we don't know what episodes we've done? Why? Because we talk all the time. All the time. (laughs) And we talk about everything, so we think we've talked about it all. Well, yeah. I I have an example of us talking. Okay. Okay. And people know us by our voice, apparently. So I'm coming out of uh, a class with my husband out of... uh, Acro, right? Mm-hmm. And you know where it is over there, Yoga Soul, and it's right next to the, the Talking Horse Theater, right? So I come out. It is freaking pitch dark, right? And I am a dog just showed up. You're going to hear her <laughs> prancing feet. I thought I locked her out. So anyway, um, what I what I was talking to Jerry about what we had just done in class. It's pitch dark out, and all of a sudden, like you know, like about four car spaces over. Behind another car, I hear somebody say, is that Didi? Is that Didi talking? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Somebody in the middle of the night recognizes my voice. So it happened to be Nora Dietzel, who is a fan on Self-Sewn Wardrobe and also a local. I guess you should call them members and not fans. <laughs> oh, do I, I call her a fan? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, oh, I my think, God. I am like, my head is so big. I think that Nora and Lynn, you know. Well, my, but I'm a fan of hers. I'm, yes, yes. yes we Nora were. does a lot of theater, and there's a theater. There's a community-type theater there. And actually, just bringing this to connect to the group again, that place, like the physical place where you were, you know, as close to that theater. And right. Nora posted a an exhibit that she in did. The There's a fabric exhibit. Yes, there. a textile, textile exhibit. Yeah. So if you saw pictures of that in the group, that's where mom was. But anyway, I I went home go thinking, oh my god, like not only am I spotted in restaurants and people take pictures of me from afar, <laughs> which I found out is happening, but. It's just my voice. And I was like, why does she recognize my voice so Okay, much? the reason she recognized... You, you've been in a couple plays no, with her. The reason she recognized your voice, Mom, and I love you to death, but, like, you scream talk, okay? <laughs> like, no, I don't. We're up here no, in the studio. No. My baby's sleeping a few rooms over, and Mom's like, oh, you're tracing out that pattern. 
And Mallory is very quiet. I'm very quiet. Yeah, uh-huh. No one hears her from. Well, no, what okay, I Okay, mean, we were on a I, beach no. when you were, what, eight years old, and somebody heard you talking from, like, a mile away. What I what I wanted to say was I got in trouble in school all the time. Everyone would be talking, but I'd but be they the would one hear you. who'd get in trouble. And right. I even had a teacher say, because I was normally, like, a pretty good kid, but I, like, got, I had to sit. Had a inside. talking issue. I had to sit inside for recess right. or something, and she was, you know, she was like, "Hey, Mallory, I know that everyone was talking, mm-hmm. but you know, Miss So and So, like we were at, in computers or something. She heard you. She goes, your voice carries. That's right. And I was like. I didn't know what that meant. It was like third grade, and I didn't know what your voice carrying meant. But now I, we, we can project. So Well. Let's get on to the. I taught my children to project. Yes. And I will say again, you're welcome, all three of you, for being able to sing without a microphone. Yep. And I remember being in Hillary's um, choir class one day. I was, I was working on costumes. And I remember, you know, the infamous Bob Bohan going, Everyone, we need more volume. Everyone except Hillary and Chris, <laughs> you know, so they were drowning out the rest of the choir. Okay, well, we're probably gonna get dinged for uh, you know, going off on a We're talking too about early. something besides sewing, yeah, but that's talking why, and sewing go together. That's why it can be difficult to edit our podcast. Sorry, Sam, that we scream talk sometimes <laughs> and we think the dog is secured away. Yes, all right, sewing machine repair. So, this just came up in the group. I can't believe we have not done an episode about this. Excited to talk about it. A little backstory. Uh, Zidi worked in a sewing machine dealership for about 10, 15 years. Whoa. And then she bought it and then ran it for 11 years. Right. I can't remember. Involved for a good 25, 30 years. Yeah. Yes. And that tech who was uh, who first owned the store was the tech and his sister. They owned right. the store. And that tech came with us when we bought the store. We got a new tech. But, like, we have been around sewing machine this sewing machine repair shop right. environment right, right. well and you and i have about. both gone to um uh-huh. technical classes i remember terry the tech terry the tech terry the oh tech. how cute when i was like 14 or 15 he was going to teach me how to service the mechanical uh machines and he did and yeah. he taught me on the mechanical berninas and they had coated wires, and um, you know, B was not for blue; it was for blau, right? Because it was in uh, German. Was, yeah. And like, and then he was like, "An S is for Schwartz, which is black, right?" Yeah. So I remember like learning all of these yes. things, and he graded me on a few repairs. He let oh, me repair he? machines, yeah. and he came to me and he was like, "I'm gonna give you a B because you know this, this, this." Right. And he was, it was great, and uh, he gave me a lot of working knowledge, and I remember. When I was still at that tender young age, you were teaching a class, and someone like messed up their bobbin area yeah. on their Bernina. I'm pretty sure it's a threading issue, right? And there was just probably a, had the bobbin in backwards. More they than were just jammed too, oh, okay. right? And or I didn't put up their presser foot. That's right. And I went to the back and I fixed that machine. And I remember you being really proud of me. You were like, you got it. You got it working. Like, right. We were trying to keep this all, like, really, you know, right. low profile. That we were letting a 14-year-old play well, on no, the machine or what? No, that oh. this lady, like, she, she wouldn't be embarrassed. Oh, and so I that see. she could get back to class. I and, see. you know, all that. I don't, I don't oh think Oh, my any, gosh. We were being nice. We were being nice. <laughs> we were being nice to okay, somebody. let's log that in. Okay. <laughs> I was 14, and we were being nice. <laughs> 
So, um, yes. So I've got that technical knowledge. You have more technical knowledge, I think, than I do. Oh, I don't. Well, I think I have more experience. Yeah. As far as knowledge and, like, um, formal training, I, we might have about the, about the same. same. I don't know. Did you ever go to Baby Lock for their tech course? I didn't go to the okay. full week long thing. Yeah, like no, I, had, did. I did do that. Yeah. I, well, I also had gone to a lot of Bernina stuff, too. Yeah. Um, but um, you took a lot of stuff from Doug. Right, you right. Did. And so Doug actually, uh, he's the baby lock um, technical as like, well education. As your dad, Jerry, has taken a lot too. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Doug is the baby lock technical education director. And he actually, they started a new YouTube series with him. He is very good online. Yeah, yeah. I love I love yeah. his voice. He's got a very nice Now, we voice. are talking about some online stuff that you might not have access to that might be no, only no, no. dealing. It is was, there some no, other that's stuff? Public. Okay. That's why I mentioned right. it. Yeah. So right. he. They started like a, a for the public YouTube series right. with him, right. which I love. So, so it's th- kind of troubleshooting stuff that can help you to get to know your machine better. Right. So when you are gonna, if if you have a problem with your machine, um, you know we've done a troubleshooting episode. Okay. Yes. ZD's tips. I can for, barely remember that, but yes, we've done it. It's called ZD's tips for troubleshooting. The question that prompted this episode was literally, um, and I think is Amy. Uh, uh, asked this, she said, my manual says that I don't need to oil my machine and that I should get it professionally oiled. Do I need to go get it professionally oiled or is there something I can do myself? She was kind of asking, she was like kind of framing it in the way of like, do I need to pay to get this done or right. can I save money by doing something myself? To which I responded, yes and yes, yes. right? Well, I think I, I want to bring up this aspect. It's not only trying to save money. Like, sometimes I find doing it myself, sometimes think all things, not just sewing machines, it's just more efficient. Well, I don't have to take it in. I don't have to wait for it. If I, you know, if I can do a drop of oil or change a screw or, or whatever I can do, mm-hmm. sometimes there are people that like to do it themselves. Well, I think you need to be doing some right, maintenance right. yourself. It, that's what I mean. There are people that like to know the guts of their machine. Now, some people don't like that. They, sure. It, 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 you know, it, it's frightening to them or intimidating or whatever. Or they just don't, you know, I'm not going to fool with that. I can get that done elsewhere. Yeah. So everybody has like a different attitude about how much they want to deal with the innards, so to speak, or, you know, the what maintenance of their machine yeah so let's talk about what you can do at home and kind of what you should be doing yeah there are some things you should be doing. okay let's get let's get started on that so the first thing you need to do if you're thinking boy i think my machine needs to be serviced or something uh this isn't if you have some like fatal error and then you do this okay this is maybe every couple weeks maybe every few projects you need maybe every one big project yeah depending on right your level of sewing you know sometimes for us a project is like a few seams right sometimes it's a big to do you know but this is kind of the maintenance you should be doing yourself you need to clean your machine the first thing that a tech will do okay besides check your needle and your thread and things you should have done is they will open up your machine and they will clean it because if there's gunk someplace inhibiting something it's not going to work yeah so let's talk about what you need to do okay you need to get out a vacuum and a brush and you can get a mini vacuum attachment kit which is really a good idea uh you know we would have a shop vac uh you get a brush and you and when she says brush mm-hmm. i like a lot of times like a makeup brush or a small paint brush like yep. i that's fairly soft so that I can sweep 
Sweeping. You're sweeping towards the vacuum. Sweeping and sucking, right? Right. And you want to open your machine up as much as is possible for your comfort level. Right. And for your machine's comfort level. That's correct. If you've got a mechanical machine that's fairly easy to kind of open up a little bit, go ahead. And older machines... Like the top lifts off, yeah, and you can see the whole. You Open can see it up. the whole, all the mechanisms. Open it up. And Open it up. Even on, uh, we know that because we used to find toys in them. Yep, like <laughs> children would open them up. You know, put toys in. Even on a machine like the Baby Lock Sophia, there's a little on the top left of the machine. You know, to the left of the needle above it, there's one screw holding right. that piece of casing on. Right. It's not hard to get off. It's not hard to put back on. Which is the area where, like, your needle bar is going up and down. And there's no electronics over there. No electronics or circuit boards. boards, No computerization right there. No screens over there. Um, That's easy to take off and just brush and suck, Mm -hmm. okay? So in the bobbin area. Well, another thing, okay, besides the brush Uh is what, you know, you may find lint or dirt or gunk, as I call it, is sort of like... Where lint and oil has come together yeah. <laughs> and made this like gluey stuff. Okay, I think gunk is a great word. Uh, yeah, gunk. It's like gunk, and like a Q-tip is great for that. I ro- I take the Q-tip. I roll the 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 cotton. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know. Q-tip might not be an international term. A cotton swab. Mm-hmm. So you know, I will take the end of that cotton swab and twist it in a clockwise way with my finger and tighten up the uh-huh. cotton. And then roll it in the same direction on the gunk, and it will pick it up. Yeah. Don't roll it counterclockwise. That unrolls that cotton. Right. So, and then if you if you are just going to use the Q-tip on the lint, like on the non-gunky cotton lint. Cotton swab. Yeah, the, the cotton swab, it makes um, lint cotton candy. Yes. And it's very satisfying. Right. Uh, so the Q-tip can grab for you. The brush will grab. Our main thing here is don't use canned air. Yeah. Don't. Do anything. Don't blow. Don't even if you have an air compressor. Don't blow into the machine. You don't know where the stuff is going. You don't have control over where that lint is going. So, side note: if you see, oh, and the canned air adds uh, moisture, right? Right. So, so it, the canned air adds moisture. You can blow lint back into the machine where you can't get to it, and it can really gunk up, right? Concrete up. Yes, right? it does. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's then. Then what happens? That gunk does turn to like a concrete almost. Yeah, it does. It starts out kind of like a glue, and then it starts to solidify. So you want to be taking lint out of your machine. If you see an air compressor or if you see canned air on a sewing machine technician's workbench, this might be because they'll use it when the machine when they get it completely it is, naked it is naked it is stripped down there's no way to force anything in. and usually they you know they should be using a compressor and not canned air our techs didn't use canned air no they used a compressor and that's why i brought up compressor cuz a compressor doesn't always add the moisture. moisture like the canned air has a propellant in it yeah but you know for you as a layperson to use that um, compressed air, this is just a warning. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a great idea. So suck that stuff out with a vacuum. You can use your hose. That mini vacuum attachment kit, it attaches to the hose, okay? Right. Um, or and you- not a mini vacuum. No. We want, like, the big suck. 
big on sucks, a, on small a big vacuum, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Right. So you are um, you've sucked out all that lint, and then depending on the degree of like comfort you have with your machine, and also the type of machine, because right. some machines there's information on the internet about where um, you can oil. Yes. Older machines will have oil wells. Right. And things like that. Absolutely. If you've got a newer machine, okay, there's only really a couple places that you as a consumer should probably be put in a well. I would say with the older mechanical machines, uh-huh. it's, I oh man, just, I, I need some sort of disclaimer. Um, disclaimer, but it's pretty hard to hurt them. Yeah, I mean, yes, you can get the timing screwed up. Yes, you can put a needle in wrong, you know, but, you know, if you're gentle and, and all of this, most of the time you're just working with, you know, cogs and, yeah, you know, so, it's, it's mechanical. So, so you was, can see what's happening. So I was working on an electronic machine when Terry was teaching me about those old right. arenas, right? So they, they were electronic, but... He said, you need to look for places where you see metal on metal. Right. And that's where oil goes. Metal. Right? And that is in your life, women. In your life. Men, mm-hmm. girls, mm-hmm. boys, everybody. Like, metal on metal needs lubrication. Right. That is why you see in some of your manuals, you don't need to oil the bobbin area because you're not metal on metal. That's right. You're some sort of plastic or composite on metal. And... That can be an advantage sometimes. Yes. Yes. So if you are a person who, you know, broke a needle on their machine and your needle gets down in your bobbin area and it's metal on metal, you're like probably wearing a groove in right. two places. If your bo- if your machine has a plastic bobbin case and you get some, you know, traumatic event right. happening down there, that plastic bobbin case might break and is easily and less expensive, easy right. to easier to replace and probably less expensive. Right. Cuz you will wear the groove on the plastic and not on the metal piece that's in the machine. That's right. So it's easier to get to, it's easier to service, it's less expensive. I don't always respond to everyone who does this in the group, but I do not agree with vilifying plastic wholesale no. in machines. And it's just better. And a lot of people who think that they have an all metal machine are you, wrong. Are, you, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You have a nylon or composite gear in there. It's very common. And I'm talking about the machines that weigh a thousand pounds that feel like they're metal that are really good boat anchors when they're not working. But there could very easily be a composite gear in there. So when you say they're better because they're all metal, beware of what you're speaking about. Yeah. And another thing is not all metal is great. Not, and and those older machines that have a metal casting right. have worse plastics in them yes. than exist today. Exactly. Because, of course, they were plastics and composite type fabrics materials (laughs) why do i think in fabric uh materials were in their infancy that's right yes okay so if you have a newer machine that might like be electronic where you can choose the stitches and stuff and you can take the throat plate off right you might be able to take that you need to take the you need to know how to take your throat plate off yeah and you can take off that upper left you know casing there above the needle um after you've cleaned it, after you've brushed and sucked and Q-tipped and the cotton swabbed and whatnot, take a clean cotton swab and put some light sewing machine oil on it 
and look where metal on metal right. is. You can turn your hand wheel. You should turn your power off your machine. Probably unplug it. You know, cover, cover. They tell our, you to unplug. The cover unplug there. Unplug is what you should yeah. do. So you'll be able to see, okay, I could put a little, you know, drop of oil here. I'm telling you to put it on the Q-tip. You should also have the needle out of your machine. Yeah. I'm telling you to put it on the Q-tip because you don't want to over-oil. Right. Because you don't want oil then dripping out on your project And at oil some does point. drip. It, oh, yeah. It follows gravity. Yep. I also, when you bring your hand wheels that your needle's all the way down, even though your needle's out of your machine, you know, the needle bar is all the way down toward the feed dogs and the throat plate. I will just swab that needle bar a little bit right there. You know, I do, with oil, and I right? don't do that with a Q-tip. You know what I use? What? The pen? I, no. Or? No, no. I use usually a piece, a scrap of cotton fabric that oh. I put oil on. Okay. And I have it like sort of between. I like that. Yeah. I like the Q-tip. Yeah. You know, also, sometimes a little bit of oil on a Q-tip can clean that needle bar. Oil will clean off oil. Right. You know, the... That, you know, anything that is of the same material dissolves or is a solvent to that material. So if you've got gunk that's not moving, sometimes it's the oil that will get it off, you know. Now, I've used alcohol swabs inside if I have saw gunk that I could get. But I went back and oiled. And lighter fluid, right? Like we, Well, we use no, that. we don't <laughs> use lighter fluid. No one ever used lighter fluid as a solvent <laughs> to clean a sewing machine. Especially um, in our, um, you know, county when the fire inspectors come that's and right. inspect. Yes. yes. No one we, ever did we've that. We've never used lighter fluid. Uh, so that's what you can do at home. All right? right. So so if somebody says, you know, I don't know what Amy's situation was. I don't know if she hadn't gotten her machine serviced in five years. Right. Um, I don't know if she was just reading the manual and thinking about the future. But... Doing that stuff yourself is necessary, and then we do recommend getting your machine serviced professionally right. once a year. Like, cleaning your machine, you know, is just like an everyday thing it's that, part you, of that you're, you should be responsible for, like washing your clothes, or yeah. I, I'm trying to think, you know, sweeping your floor. Brushing your teeth. Yeah, brushing your, you know, it is something that should be incorporated into you, your, your sewing. Now... If you plan to put your machine away for a while, it should be cleaned and it should be oiled if it if it requires that, okay? And then when you bring it out, the same thing. It might need oil again because like in a car that sits in a garage, the oil follows gravity and it will come off of certain parts. I guess uh, in our studio here, um, on our baby lock sergers... There are a few things that we would do personally that I would not tell a lay person to do. Yeah. And so I'm not going to say it. Right. <laughs> but things for the for the baby lock sergers where you can't get inside and everything like that, you're really if you vacuum it's amazing what you will keep them very clean. And, and I will tell you that things that hurt sergers, all sergers, yeah. is the accumulation of lint. Mm -hmm. Because when we talked about that gunk, what gunk is, is the lint pulling the oil from the machine and the parts that need it, right? So the more lint, the more you are pulling oil away from the parts that need it. That's right. So, I mean, you should be sucking that. Well, we use our surgery. I use my surgery so much, I should be sucking it out every day. Yeah, you, you yeah. really need to. Every time I use it. 
It makes so much lint. Sergers make lint. They overcast and make lint. That's, That's what right. they do. That's so if what you they keep do. that clean, you're really going to be good until right. your yearly service. And I will tell you, um, if you want to service, if you have the thought you're going to service your serger, it really does need to be taken down to naked. Yeah. And when I do that at home, I actually take it outside because that's how much lint is in there. <laughs> and then I start, you know, shaking out the lint. But I have that sucker stripped. It, you don't even recognize it as a serger. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, and so that is something when you're going to take apart your machine – well, let's take a break and talk about what you shouldn't do at home. Okay. <laughs> okay, break time. Hey, Mom. Yeah? Um, You can feel free to compliment me. Oh, no. On, on what? On this. What? My feel free to compliment me enamel lapel pin. Oh, Mallory. Every time that you hear something wrong, are you going to make a lapel pin about it? Maybe. Um. Do you Do you want one? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, Isn't it teal? Yes, it's teal and pink. And you can get one by going to sewhere.com slash compliment. Just so you know, I'm not putting it on my lapel. It's going on my hat. Oh, it's going on your hat. It could be a hat pin, too. Okay. All right. So if you want to get in on the feel free to compliment me uh, in in on the club, go to SoHere.com slash compliment and order our very first SoHere.com lapel pin. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. All right, and we're back. So I think this is going to end up being two episodes where we talk about what happens in a repair shop on the next episode. Well, there's so many kinds of machines, too. I know, I know. There's and so, so many approaches to what's out there. I thought that would be great um, to do uh, as another episode because now we're going to talk about, you know, everyone's going to do whatever the heck they want after they listen to this podcast, Mom, right? Yeah. yeah. They're going to tell me that I'm dumb, that I shouldn't have told them not to open their machine or right. whatever. Yeah. That, okay. That's silly. So if you I'm, – I'm looking at our machines. I can see them from our recording booth. <laughs> <laughs> and, Area. And there are some Table. parts you can take apart, like I said. But there are some parts where when you're trying to take that casing off the machine, it isn't easy. Okay. And why it's complicated? Why is it complicated, Mom? Is to 
keep the consumer from getting in there. Now, are they trying to keep the consumer from getting in there in order to like perpetuate this uh, like money grabbing scheme of making them go to repair shops and people are making so much money off of sewing machine repairs? Well, uh, I can vouch for Baby Lock in the fact that you barely, hardly ever need it repaired. Yeah, we, like, like, yeah. like, like <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like, if you treat a baby lock nice, it needs very little maintenance. It very well, maybe it needs maintenance, but very little service as far as problems. When we went down to be in. Baby, baby lock, lock exclusive, only. Yes, exclusive nicer word, right? Yes. You know, a baby lock exclusive dealer. It was the tech work dropped by two thirds. Yes, and yes. it was delicious. It yes. was like they come in for their they, basic. They came service. in for their ba- basic annual checkup, and, and that they, was it. And they went out, and it was beautiful. If somebody came in with a problem, it was something we could handle, like at the check-in desk, because the needle was in backwards or not in, up far enough, or they had threaded without. You know, it would be one of the that would those were our biggest problems. Yeah, with baby it was. Um, it was. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. you know. So I don't think. I think them. I think. I believe, let's put it that way, I believe the reason it's hard to get into those areas is they're trying to save you some heartache. Right. So if you open your machine in in a way, if you try to get your machine naked, you could be taking a risk. So talk right. about that, but right? There's computer boards. Yeah. There's circuit boards. All of these things are very delicate. We've also had machines come in where the circuit boards have been put back in incorrectly. Wrong. Yeah. And the- it's pretty funny because, you know, the machine, like, goes backwards or it gives you a weird message. Or, or it shocks you uh, Yeah, there, you know? <laughs> there, are some, there are some things that it does, you know, and we've gone in and basically been able to adjust that right. by replugging in or, or whatever, you and know. And this is, this is a stereotype. Uh, it's going to sound like a stereotype, I guess. Right. But it just happens so often at the store that I'm going to tell you about it. This occurrence is a... Oh, a woman would come in with her sewing machine. I mean, gosh, this happened like this is so, hundreds this of is, times. I mean, you, you know? say it's a stereotype, but it's just a reality. Yeah, it just, you yeah. know, if it, if it sounds stereotypy to you, I'm talking from experience here. A woman would come in with her machine. She'd say, and she'd have it in a box top or something. <laughs> yeah, and or a rubber made a big rubber made container. Yes, and she would be like, <laughs> and well, it was in parts. <laughs> it wasn't working, and so I, I I acted frustrated. And then my husband said, well, "I can fix it. I'm an engineer." <laughs> Great. Uh, so uh, then he would take it apart, and then he wouldn't be he'd put it back together, and it wouldn't work, or he wouldn't be able to put it back together. Right. Or maybe he wasn't an engineer at all. I don't know. Right. He just someone thought they could do that and then they bring their machine in in a rubbermaid container you know and guess what it costs more to get it fixed when it comes in in parts <laughs> it can you know especially if they've like not if it takes a lot more time right. or if they really have like messed something up further right. or you have to call them and they bring in those extra parts oh, that yeah. they thought they didn't need <laughs> you know we are okay there should be something that looks like this that you took off the machine at this point right. and you need to bring it back in you know um like right you know uh so once again just a reminder so that that there's there's troubleshooting and there's the basic maintenance but like at some point you might need to bring it in and when we're talking electronics yeah there are circuit boards there are things like that honestly there's nothing you can do about it if you get there because you can't purchase that circuit board yeah probably you you have to be a dealer now a couple people in the group said i replaced like um 
like a spark plug or like something. a diode yeah, or something or, or, or know, whatever. A spark yeah. plug. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, your machine probably doesn't have, have a spark, spark plug, plug unless it can drive you to work. There you go. So replacing <laughs> spark plugs and things like you know there are right, some there there are some small electronic elements. And if, yes, if you are. But you have to be careful. You do because if those are the wrong, if those to be are rated properly, if they're rated right? for the wrong voltage or something, you can then you can blow something else. Yes yes, yes, yes. So you know you're taking a risk. Is it possible that you could fix it yourself? Is it you know I've seen people say I've got this older you know such and such machine and there's this YouTube video because everyone's right little thing goes or they had the same problem yeah right. and and they can fix it you know so that's certainly possible. But when you do get into the more modern ones that have the circuit board and stuff, you're just better off taking it to your dealer right. or a repair now, store. Now, the way we ran our dealership in our tech area, if you came in with a specific problem to get fixed, you got the cleaning and the oiling and adjusting generally along with that. Yeah. So you got a full service plus your problem was dealt with also. Like, Somebody, you know, the tech didn't go in a dirty machine and just change the circuit board and leave it dirty. Well, yeah, yeah and I know. think that's a good that's a good thing to explore right. in the next episode too, because where we talk about like right. what happens in sure. a repair shop, because what and what you should expect, right? You know, so what we're telling you is the those machines that have areas that are difficult to take the housing off of, mm-hmm. you know, that there's not a welcome. Uh, mat out that you know you open this door or just unscrew you this just thing take this one screw or out. flip this lever <laughs> or what if there's no welcome mat into getting into a certain part of your machine it is more like turn around go back this could be dangerous Don't, I'd turn back if I were you I'd turn back yes I'd turn back yes so on some of the things with casings, I just want to talk about this real quick because I would come housings. across the ha- it's housings. housings casings, casings is on a sausage okay <laughs> <laughs> With housings. Uh, Unless you refer to your machine as your sausage. Okay. Um, there's crotch sausages. There so, you go. You know, there's, sa- sausages. there's sausages and sewing. On the housings, sometimes the order is important. Some- yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The sometimes littlest, bittiest order. Yes. And then sometimes you're like, okay, if I just can snap this in here a little bit, you know, and you can break it. And then when it breaks, you your little piece okay, goes fine. Okay, that housing is... <laughs> First of all, it's usually really hard to replace because they don't really make it as a part like the other parts. So they have to like go over to wherever that housing is made, like Vietnam or what. I will say, yeah, and it's not you get you have to pay a lot of money for this plastic piece. I I will say on the more recent machines, it seemed like it wasn't too difficult. It was better, easier. But then on like the older models, like a twenty, well, you know, we'll talk about this next episode too. But I had somebody get really upset that they're like twenty five year old machine that you couldn't get like this certain part for it, and I was like, yeah, they don't make it anymore. You know, it's twenty five years old and uh anyway generally your warranty says they will make the parts for 20 25 years when you buy your machine you can you can ask that so we would yeah we would have difficulty with that now sometimes we could sort of like you know rig something up all i want all i want to say here you guys when people like started getting mad about that i would get 
I would have to like calm myself down because I would want to say to them, so how old is your vacuum cleaner? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if you've got a 25-year-old vacuum cleaner, I bet you can't get a housing part for it either. We'll save, we'll save that for next yeah. episode. Too. Well, I mean, we already said Well, it, we can say yeah. it again. So, uh... We will, us, repeat ourselves? I know, right? Um, hey, repeating yourself is not always that bad. No. It I reinforces mean, the information. It is necessary sometimes. I've repeated things to you a lot. <laughs> Um, so when you are when you are going to, you know, clean out what you can, do that. Okay, once a year. We recommend bringing in once a year. This is the last thing I want to cover here, I think. And that's a general statement. That That's what? A starting place. Okay, when we owned a store, our basic service was like $84.95. Now, we've been closed for a year, and we were very reasonable. I've, I've heard people be like, what you know? That's right. half of what I'm charged, right. or so, and, well, and I guess maybe some other people depends think that's expensive. On, depends on the market you're in, the area, all yeah. kinds of stuff. So we would charge eighty four ninety five, I think, or seventy four ninety five, or something. And some people have bought sewing machines that are seventy five dollars. Okay. Yes. So to be perfectly honest, from a consumer economic standpoint. I mean, you're sort of better off buying that machine, servicing it yourself, running it into the ground, right? Throwing it away and buying a new one, yeah. And but when we think of that from like a waste perspective, from a carbon footprint, yeah, from from all of that, then that can be a little sad, wasteful, a little wasteful, right? Um, so. Think about that. Right. As you get into your machine, what do you want to spend? You know, I'm I'm not saying anything is right or wrong, no. but But there, don't be alarmed don't if you buy alarmed. a seventy five dollar yeah. or ninety dollar machine and it costs seventy five to two hundred dollars to have it serviced. It's it's a reality. Yeah. Now I probably you know, if you think about your car, of course we drive our cars into the ground, right? Yep. We put over two hundred thousand miles on them easy. You know, the last car I had to get rid of you know when my husband said you need a new car and I said no I don't I love my car I love my car he said you need a new car and I'm like why and he goes you need five thousand dollars worth of service and your car right. is worth seven thousand dollars right we're not paying five thousand dollars on a seven thousand dollars I had to get like so I went and I bought the same car but um <laughs> you know reality this this is the reality of it because it takes someone talent also to fix your machine right and you're paying for their talent you're paying for their years of you know what they have learned their expertise and they deserve to be paid for that well okay here's another thing don't go in and think somebody should fix your machine for nothing right that's very irritating i think that's a good thing hey, to how, elaborate upon yeah next we'll talk about too. that next episode <laughs> well the other thing is if you only spent 75 dollars 100 dollars on the machine hey Go wild taking it apart, I guess. If you yeah, that's what I would, I would say. That's what I. It's like the people that uh, unplug it and then go wild. Yeah, there's the people that buy the the, you know ten dollar, twenty five dollar machine at the um, garage sale, and they would bring it in, and we would say it's thirty dollars for the tech to look at it. Right, right. You know that was like to go. Oh, is it worth saving or anything? And oh, and I only paid twenty five. First of all. Really not my problem. Right. I okay. Didn't I was not the there, and I did not help you make that decision at right. that point in time. We're here now, and I'm, we're on the timeline now where I'm making, helping you make decisions. But um, take it home and 
see what you can do. That's what I would do. Yeah, look up stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it YouTube is... the, the crap out of it. Right. You know? That's I kind mean, of a lower go- risk go- situation. Google your situation. <laughs> now, if you spend thousands of dollars on a machine and you, you know, want to get it serviced, you you might want to, you know, And it was it. at a garage sale. Again, I was not there <laughs> yeah, right. to get, help you with that decision. And you say it's a embroidery machine, but it doesn't have an embroidery in it. I was not there it's, to Mom, help you make that decision. Next episode. <laughs> That's really okay. I can't wait. That'll be the bitch episode. A true story. Maybe we should we should do an episode that's just called True Stories. True Stories. Yeah. I don't know if that just borderlines on. But gossiping. but that would that is would that... actually not that would be a season, not an episode. Okay. Yes. So that is um, you, you know, you need to be servicing your machine at home, and we think you need to get it professionally serviced too. And I think we told you what you definitely can do at home, and then what you can you know do otherwise. Uh, you know, if you want to take some risks. So to answer Amy, I think it was Amy Coxhill. Uh, and I believe Amy Coxhill is also the originator of the hoe clothes thread uh, in <laughs> self-sewn wardrobe. So she is a valuable member uh, of the group. and A valuable contributor. A valuable contributor. I, I think that yes and yes and take all those things in, in, into consideration. Your time, your costs, da-da-da-da-da. And in the next episode, we'll get into things like wait times at repair shops, costs at repair shops, reputable repair shops, et cetera, et cetera, okay? That's right. All right. Well, you can find us on Instagram. We are at ZD Sewing Studio. And you can follow Mom's Aerial Exploits. She is at ZD Donahue. And, yeah, everybody, Okay, so what I want you to remember after you've taken that machine apart and you have put it back together and there's extra parts left over, I want you to remember to so long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. You did something for the first time.